Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, since high school, you and I have studied in a number of academic institutions. How many of your professors would you estimate were practicing Christians, and how many would you consider to be atheists? That's a challenging question. You and I have studied with many professors. Some became very close friends. Most of my Christian professors were the ones we had at places like Tyndale Seminary, where you and I both studied. One of my secular Jewish university professor friends told me he was a semi-religious Jew. We laughed together and I asked him, can a woman be semi-pregnant? But to answer your question, some professors did claim to be either an agnostic or an atheist. How would you explain the difference? In essence, an agnostic thinks some God out there may exist but does not have any relationship with him or her or whatever. An atheist believes there is no God of any kind, anywhere, period. End of story. When Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote the Communist Manifesto, they were both atheists. They called religion of any kind the opiate of the people. This placed communism on a collision course with Christianity. Of all religious groups on earth, Christianity is the only one that claims that God came to earth as a baby boy, Jesus of Nazareth, God in the flesh, that he was crucified, rose from the dead, and is now alive, returning to earth soon to rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. So the bottom line is a choice. We either know and serve God or we deny God and serve ourselves. I believe our God is a God who gives us choices. God gave Adam and Eve freedom in the Garden of Eden to make decisions and make choices. They were neither puppets nor robots. Neither are we. But Adam and Eve used their freedom to make a wrong choice. Let's explain the term choices. God made Adam and Eve, male and female, on that most agree. And God placed them in a garden, the Garden of Eden. And in that garden, God planted two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me read this story the way it is written in the Bible. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God placed that man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. God placed two trees in the garden. There were no guards or guns around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God tested man and allowed him to choose whether to obey or disobey. That is what we mean when we say God is a God of choices. 
That reminds me of what Joshua said about choices to the assembled children of Israel who were led across the Jordan River into the Promised Land by God. He said, Choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors, that they serve beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua chose to serve the Lord. God constantly gives us opportunities to make good choices. I once heard Pastor Chuck Swindoll say, words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitudes toward life. The longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. The way we respond to life events is a choice. I find it hard to believe there are people who ignore all the evidence and choose to believe there is no God. I believe it takes more faith to believe there is no God than it does to look at the stars and the birds and animals and say, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to know you through knowing and following your risen Son, Jesus Christ. Let me go even further, Pablo, and say what Scripture says. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. So according to Scripture, atheists are called fools. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Here's a story from when we lived in Israel. Not every Jew who lives in Israel is religious. Some follow the political ideology and philosophy of a Jew named Karl Marx, thereby identifying themselves as Marxists and secular atheists. In my research, I met and had the following very enlightening and cordial interview with an Israeli I will call Karl. He identified himself as an atheist. Here's how the conversation went. Karl, is being a Jew a religion or a nationality? It's a nationality. My mother was a Jew. I was born a Jew. That is my nationality. Then he laughed and said, we trace our heritage through the mother. We always know who is the mother, but we may not know who is the father. Okay, Carl, I understand that. I was born in Canada. My mother was a Canadian, so I have Canadian citizenship. You are a Jew. Your mother was a Jew, so you are a Jew, right? Correct. Okay, Judaism is a nationality. Can a Jew be a Jew and follow the teachings of Buddha or Confucius? Of course. Okay, Carl, I'm a Canadian. I was born in Canada. I can be a Catholic or a Baptist or change my religion and become a Buddhist and still retain my national identity as a Canadian citizen. Is it possible then for you to follow the teachings of Rabbi Jesus of Nazareth, accept him as your Messiah, and still be a Jew? Of course not. Why not? Well, if I followed his teachings, that means I converted to Christianity and I would no longer be a Jew. Ah, so Judaism is a religion. Of course. But Carl, you claim to be an atheist. King David wrote to the Jewish people in Psalm 14.1 and said, Only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil and not one of them does good. If Judaism is a religion, how can you call yourself a Jew and believe there is no God? 
It's simple, Jim. My mother was a Jew. I was born a Jew. End of dialogue. Getting Carl to accept your logic is like trying to nail a shadow to the wall. It keeps moving and changing its position. That's how illogical one has to be to believe there is no God. And the Apostle John says in 1 John 1.22, And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Messiah. So the Bible calls atheists both fools and liars. Christian men listening today, whether in Swaziland or Sweden, seek to live a life based on biblical principles that transform their character to be like Jesus Christ. These principles are transcultural and eternal to help conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. But the men listening who are not yet Christians are living their life according to whatever they choose is right or wrong. Atheists believe there are no universal moral absolutes given by God. Morality is relative for each person. Morality is whatever leads to the preservation of humankind. Morality is determined by man consulting himself. Each man judges his own actions and responsible for the consequences. Paul, let's tell our listeners the story we heard when we visited Uzbekistan about the greatest man-made disasters known on earth called the Aral Sea Project. Atheistic, ungodly Soviet engineers and environmental planners believed that man controls nature. Since they believe there is no God, therefore they must not obey any rules given by any god. We control nature. So in the 1960s, they started a huge project to divert water that was coming into the Aral Sea from the two major rivers. They were going to use this fresh water to irrigate newly planted cotton fields in Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. Over the past 60 years, around 60,000 square kilometers of water in some places 40 meters deep has evaporated from the Aral Sea into thin air. The salt has dried the soil and now the wind blows salt dust over the cotton crops requiring more water to clean the cotton and flushing more chemicals into the groundwater used for drinking. I remember that trip. You and I stood in a cotton field that was growing in the same soil where the salt dust was being blown over the cotton fields, requiring more fresh water to clean the cotton. The side effects were catastrophic. The Aral Sea in Central Asia used to be the fourth largest lake in the world after the Caspian Sea and Lake Superior and Lake Victoria. Now there's barely 10% of it left. Morality must be based on biblical absolutes. For an atheist to create his own morality leads to a situation like the time of the judges in Israel where every man did what was right in his own eyes. That is an incredibly frightful scenario. Men who believe the Bible and believe in the God who revealed himself in the Bible and through Jesus Christ his Son and through his creation want to promote the well-being of all people who are made in the image of God. But men without God become like those the Apostle Paul describes in 2 Timothy 3. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. 
They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. In essence, these are the atheists. They choose to deny God exists. They do not want God telling them how to live. Then the Apostle Paul adds a word of warning. Stay away from people like that. Choose this day whom you will serve. Like Joshua, he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There you have it, men. Our goal is to become transformed to the image of Christ, to be men alive. You can receive a free PDF of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, by sending him an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.